Hey, Zach here, and before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that you can actually grab the recordings of our most recent Facebook and Instagram ads for List Building Bootcamp for just $25. Now, in January of 2024, we hosted a five-day live training where we walked our clients through step-by-step how to set up ads that grow their email list every single day so that they're always growing their business, always growing their audience, and always having new people to make offers to. Now, what's really great about this bootcamp is we have literally dozens of client results from it, and you can get the recordings of that most recent one from January of 2024 for just 25 bucks. All you have to do is head to theadsbootcamp.com. Again, that's theadsbootcamp.com. And you're going to learn step-by-step through how people were able to grow their list. Um, We have incredible results like Zeta, who added 67 leads to her list in just five days at $1.80 a piece, or Nora Jean, who added 62 leads for $1.12 in those five days. We have Brenda, who added over 500 people to her list over the course of a week, under $0.50 a piece. Uh, Heather Lalonde who did over 200 leads at 50 cents a piece. Amy Hughes, who added over 300 leads in a week. I mean, the list goes on and on. And those are just our January testimonials. We have even more than that, plus testimonials from the last seven times we've done this. And we would love to have you in next. So if you head over to theadsbootcamp.com, you can grab the recordings for just 25 bucks. It'll walk you step-by-step through growing your list. And in less than five days, you could have tons of new leads pouring into your list every day, semi-automated with Facebook advertising. So check it out and let's get into this week's episode. You're listening to the Heart, Soul & Hustle podcast, episode number 41, behind the scenes of a six-figure launch, part one, the numbers revealed. And on this episode, I am going to dive deep into the numbers of our last launch of the five-figure challenge, which should just over $130,000 in sales, but we're going to go deeper than that. We're going to talk ad spend. We're going to talk profit, expenses, all of that good stuff. So if you want to learn more and you want to get the real deal on six-figure launches, stay tuned for this week's episode. Hey there, you're listening to the Heart, Soul, and Hustle podcast. My name is Zach Spuckler, and on this show, we talk about how to go from passionate side hustler to full-time online business owner with tips, tricks, and interviews to help you take it to the next level. Let's do it. All right. I am so excited for this episode, mostly because I know you are excited for this episode. I have been getting texts, tweets, posts in my group, messages to my inbox asking, When am I going to unpack our really successful recent launch? The last time we unpacked a launch, we got amazing feedback from our audience that they loved getting behind the scenes. And we like to share numbers and percentages. And I go a little nerdy with my launch debrief, but I also get to share some of the logistics of what works, what doesn't work. And so before we dive right into this episode, I wanted to preface it with a couple of things. Number one, I don't want to get too technical or too step-by-step with this launch, and you'll quickly see why as I start to explain to you how this process worked. But I want to have like a conversation as if we are both enjoying coffee. So I literally brewed up coffee. You can hopefully hear it pouring right in my microphone. 
I made a little bit of coffee because I want this to just be a conversation, a conversation about how launches look. Now, the second little note that I wanted to throw in before we dive in is this is probably going to end up being a multiple part episode. So there just isn't enough time to cover everything in about 30 to 40 minutes. And I find that that's the sweet spot. You really like to be right in that 30 to 40 minute mark. So there will probably be two to three episodes where we really dive deep on this topic. Now, Let's talk about what this launch was and throw some of the quick numbers at you before we go too, too deep into talking about it, right? Because I can say six-figure launch all day and I can throw, you know, we did X number of sales, but what does that really mean? What was our product? How did that work? So the program we launched was called the Five Figure Challenge, and it's a program designed to teach people how to use a five-day challenge as their launch of their digital product, service, ebook, coaching, consulting, etc. So we target digital-based businesses and we help them get more customers and clients with challenges. So this launch, when we talk about the launch as a whole, it's including a couple of different pieces. So there was a 24-hour flash offer 30 days before the launch started, give or take, where we opened up the door for 24 hours because we had a new sales page, a new checkout system. Basically, we let a few people sneak in early as a way to fund part of the launch, but more because we wanted to make sure everything worked. Did our sales page work? Did our checkout work? Were they getting emails? Then 30 days later, we did a complete launch. And that launch was made up of a five-day challenge followed by three live webinars. And that converted to a sale of our product, which is priced at $997 or six payments of $197. Okay, so when all was said and done within the launch, we sold 115 units. That includes 12 pre-sale units. So during the actual launch, we sold the rest of them. We did have a $97 upsell that 10 people took us up on. We didn't offer it during the whole launch, just after our webinars ended. So we found about 20% of people took us up on our upsell, which is pretty good. So when all was said and done, we had about 30.5% of people pay in full, which was about 29 of our sales. So the rest of people opted for payment plans, which means if you include our pre-sale, our total sales were $131,612. That's our total projected, assuming everybody pays off their payment plans. And our total cash in hand, meaning how much money we actually collected, was $43,000. Now, We're going to talk a little bit about expenses down the road, but our total expenses from a very high level, if you look at our ad costs, our contractors, we did work with some affiliates during this launch, which was pretty good. We had total launch expense of around $31.5,000, okay? So to put things into perspective, we made about $12,000 cash on the front end, and we will collect an additional seventy-five dollars to $80,000 in profit over the next five months, okay? So I just want to be really clear about that, and I know that sometimes... It can be scary. You know, even sometimes I get nervous that like, oh my gosh, what if people think I'm showboating by sharing these numbers? You know, that is a concern that I have, but I think it's really important to throw these numbers out there because when I was first getting started, I always find myself saying, well, like, how many did they actually sell? How much cash did they get up front? How many of those people are on payment plans? You know, the other thing is there's something to consider like a refund rate. We know that our refund rate is going to be like 4 to 7%. That's pretty standard in the industry. And that's what we see over the lifetime of our courses. That's with almost any digital course. As you scale up, refunds just become a part of the game. So we will probably lose about 4 to 7% of our profit to refunds. So just think about that. Or, you know, even like credit card fraud. You know, as we're now processing 
thousands of payments, we just recently discovered that someone had purchased one of our courses with a stolen card. Of course, we refund that person their money back. And, you know, that's just part of the game. So I just wanted to throw some of these numbers out there to get started with you. We can go even deeper on the stats. We will go even deeper on the stats. But I wanted to start by giving you some really foundational elements. So just to recap, we're just going to call it a $130,000 launch, but know that that's 131.5-ish in projected revenue with about 40000 cash in hand, right? And just as a note, whenever I round something, I usually round down, not up. So when I share numbers with you, I'm giving you a conservative estimate to save you from the headache of me reading out every dollar and cent that we spent. But I always round in the way that makes the most sense. So expenses, we round up and income we round down just so that the show is on the up and up all the way through. So now that I gave you some of like the front end numbers, the cool stuff that everybody wants to talk about, let's take a step back and talk about how we actually planned out this launch. And I want to take you kind of with me on a little story to New York City. And you can actually possibly hear me flipping through my notebook. But I was in New York City earlier this year with my mastermind. Now, I love New York City because it is like the vegan mecca of the world. There's just nothing but amazing food everywhere. So I was there in August and one of my mentors, James Wedmore, I was there for his mastermind. He was walking us through this process of mapping out our launch. And this is something that you guys may have seen if you're in any of my programs, or even if you've been on a webinar with me, I love to map stuff out. And that really came from James. I started seeing that he was mapping stuff out. I also love the way Russell Brunson maps out funnels, but I just started mapping things out. And so We started, and you've heard me talk about this on past episodes too, we started by saying, how much money do we want to make and what kind of targets are we setting for ourselves? So we actually wanted to do a quarter million dollar launch. And this is going to be something we'll talk about over the next couple of episodes, but we actually came up short on that goal by about 50%. But some of our other key goals we came very close to. So First thing we did is we mapped out how much money did I want to make from this promotion. Our goal was two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Then what we do is we look at the price and we look at what we think we can make per lead. Now, in our case, what that meant was we knew it was a thousand dollar product. So with all of our number crunching, we were just going to do a thousand bucks a person. We also knew that based on past launches. We wanted to make sure that each lead was worth $35. What that basically meant was we wanted a 3.5% conversion rate. We kind of know that number in our mind going into the launch so that we were able to shoot for it. We also knew that assuming we have a 3.5% conversion rate or $35 per lead generated, we crunched the numbers and knew that we wanted about 7,200 people in the promotion. So now we go to work and we said, okay, How do we want to promote this? And we said, okay, we want to do a five-day challenge with webinars because we had done a past launch. Remember, I told you at the beginning of this, a precursor is you probably are not going to have your first launch be a six-figure launch. Now, I have seen the white buffalo. I've seen people do their first ever launch. They make, you know, 100,000, 500,000. I've seen it happen, but they are the outliers. And I think it's important to shoot for the moon, have massive goals, but always check it against the numbers. And so we first say, okay, we did this past launch. All of our students from our last launch, we had done just webinars and they were saying, I wish you would have done a five-day challenge so I could see what it's like. I wish you would have done a five-day challenge so we could see what it's like. But we also knew that our webinar converted. 
So we decided to create these two kind of hybrid experiences, right? So people are going to go through a five-day challenge, and then on the back end, we knew our webinars converted, so we are going to do webinars. So once we have that mapped out, then we literally draw out this map. And you've probably seen these maps before, but we say, okay, what does it look like for the customer? We draw a little doodle of a landing page for the five-day challenge. And then we say, how is traffic coming in? We've got ads, organic marketing. We brought in affiliates, which we'll talk about. And then they land on our thank you page. Well, do they go to a Facebook group? How are we inviting them to that Facebook group? So we draw a little bubble that says, you know, add them to our list and invite them to the Facebook group. And then we say, okay, what's the five-day challenge experience like? It's a doodle a day of a email, a live stream, and a Facebook group post. And we move them through those. And then what does it look like when they're getting their follow-ups? So hopefully what you're kind of getting a sense for is I'm actually looking at the drawing, but I want to just step back if you're like, wait, what goes where and, and how does this go there? It's not that your drawing has to look like my drawing. It's that we did three very, very key steps that I want to just backtrack for a second to make sure you caught. Number one, we set our goal for the launch first and crunched our numbers first. And then we chose our launch mechanism. For us, it was based on what our audience had said. So our audience was saying, I want challenges, I want webinars. So we listened and we decided on a launch mechanism. Then number three, we actually just sketched out what that would look like on paper. Now for me, that's a very like open flowy doodle with arrows and bubbles and doodles and little stars and asterisks for footnotes. That's how I draw. I also know people that do this exact same exercise with a calendar. I know people that do this with a moleskin journal or a, they do it with the you know, just on the back of a piece of paper or a napkin. There are a million different ways to do this. But the key was we actually created a map to our launch before we actually started doing any of the writing from the emails or the ads or hiring people, right? So before the fun, (laughs) what I think of as the fun stuff, we did the really hands-on part of actually mapping out exactly what that looks like. Now, I want to pull away from the launch for a second to kind of invite you guys to something really amazing that my mentor, James Wedmore, is working on that I'm allowed to invite people to. And and I am an affiliate of James's offers because I know they work, because we've done this massively successful launch using James's model. And this map is one of the hardest concepts that I have to explain trying to explain to people how to launch out their map. But this is really within James's zone of genius. He is the one who kind of helped me figure out how to make these maps. And he used to show me pictures of them. And and over time, I've really gotten great at mapping out what I want my business and my life to look like. And if you go to heartsoulhustle.com forward slash BBD for business by design, again, it's heartsoulhustle.com forward slash business by design. Right now, James is doing an awesome free workshop where he covers a lot of this. He covers how to make that map. He covers how to figure out what you should be offering. And it's kind of stuff that I've picked up from him. But one of the big reasons this was a successful six-figure launch is that we had a map to work from. And this is probably one of the first times that we really, months in advance of a challenge, mapped out what was happening. Months in advance of a launch, we mapped it out. So if you are a digital business owner, which I'm guessing you are if you made it this far, you sell coaching, consulting, digital courses, 
boot camps, live events, if you are looking to package up your information and put it out with really successful launches, you need to get your butt over to heartsoulhustle.com forward slash BBD and get yourself in that free workshop from James because that is like the best resource I can give you for creating this really epic map. So once we had that map built, once the map was in place, all we really had to do was kind of follow it, which sounds really rudimentary. So I promise I won't, <laughs> I won't leave you hanging there. So once we had this map built out, the next thing that I did was I got a little launch notebook. And this is the first time I've ever done this, but we had a notebook that was exclusively for my launch. And I started just mapping out at a very high level stuff that I knew I needed. I knew that I had to have all of my key dates at a glance. I knew that I had to have a launch ad schedule and I knew that I had to get all of my lead pages set up. And so the first thing I did was I just did a big brain dump of all of this stuff that kind of had to get done and I moved it as necessary into my launch journal. Now I told you that we really systematized this launch and if I can be so bold as to maybe read your mind a little, you might be going, well, how did you map all this in a notebook if you were systematizing it, right? Because we brought in a team, we worked with some really amazing people for this launch. Well, we started with this launch notebook, which was just my little notebook. But what we did for the launch was we created a system of Google Docs that was an absolute game changer. Now, I want you to detach yourself, especially if you're one of the people who is like me, where you're like, well, what was in cell A1 and what was in cell A5 and what was in cell C4 and how did you multiply and what numbers did you look at? All of that is really, really secondary, especially if you're a numbers person, but even if you're not, because what I want you to understand was that we created a Google Doc every time we felt there was a need in the launch to have a central location for that information. What does that mean? Well, it means every time we did something new or that needed to be managed as its own piece of the launch, we created a Google Doc for it. So for example, we created a schedule for all of our advertisements, right? Because we had advertisements starting on one day and ending on another day. So we created a schedule with all of the info, right? We then also realized, well, we need a schedule for the launch emails. So we created a Google Doc that was for the launch emails, Then we created a Google Doc for the email templates and then one for the challenge emails. And over time, you just find there's little things where you're like, oh, I need this to have its own little space to live. So what we did was every time a need came up, we just built a Google Doc. And then we had one central Google Doc that we called the master reference file. I made a quick five minute video to explain it to my team. But at a glance, what this file does is it linked to every single Google Doc out there. It linked to every Google Doc that we essentially knew needed to work with a note of who was in charge of that Google Doc. So was this for my ads person? Was this for my internal team? Was this for my contractors, right? So we started there and then we put everything into this master document. We also put in every link that anybody could need for the promotion. So at any given time, my ads person knew where our thank you pages were, where our signups were. If we got requests to the support inbox during the launch, all of the links were one click away from my team. We had the replay links that we updated in real time. And then we also on our master sheet, we had a quick reference calendar, which we literally just put all of the key dates in the promo and we 
simply listed them out so that at any given time we could pop in and see what's the next big event that's coming up. So the reason that the actual content of the Google Doc is secondary is what I basically explained is we created a central location that had all the links, all the key dates, and all the important files, and then we hosted all the files online every time we felt we needed a new one. And so ultimately, we end up with this master document where any time you needed something for the launch, whether you needed to know what day an email was going to go out or you needed to know how to get somebody to sign up, all you had to do was go to the master document. Now, I started there because we did work a little bit with a team during this launch, and that was a major game changer too. So once we had a plan and we were building content out and putting it into this master document, eventually there gets to a point where a lot of stuff was happening and we had to assign roles to people for this launch. So one of the major questions that I've been getting from people is, who helped you during your launch? How many people worked with you during your launch? And I totally understand, and I'm happy to share that information for you. What I want you to understand is that it really depends on what works best for you. So I've worked with people who want no team members for their first launch, and then I've worked with people who want 10 team members for their first launch. I think we had a good number for our launch, but I also know that our team needs to expand, and sometimes I put too much work on one person, or... I shouldn't say too much work. I put too many managerial roles sometimes. So like perfect example, my VA, Danielle does amazing work, but at one point I had her creating lead pages and then I had her monitoring our webinar chat and then I had her managing support emails. And so in fairness to my team, they end up getting scattered and the launch went well. My team did amazing, but that's just something to think about is, are you really collected or are you so collected? You know, in this launch, we were so prepared that everything was so defined that we actually were starting to spread people too thin. Now, luckily, nobody complained. I have an amazing team. They all did fantastic. But the team that we worked with was I had a virtual assistant, Danielle, who did amazing work. She, like I said, she did a lot of that stuff that I just listed. We also brought in a Facebook ads person. Yes, I love Facebook ads. I love running Facebook ads. I geek out about Facebook ads. But here's the thing. When I'm doing a big launch, I don't want to be pulled into watching my Facebook ads constantly. And so it's really nice to have somebody that can manage them, check them. I was the creative director. I wrote most of the copy. I provided images. I created the images. I set up when and how I wanted things to run. I set a timeline for our ads to go out. But then I actually hired somebody who also knows Facebook ads so that I was always able to have a two-way conversation when we were strategizing. So some people I work with are like, I know ads, I just want somebody to manage. And then I know people who are like, I don't know anything about ads. I want somebody to handle it for me. I like to have a happy medium and that's worked incredibly well for me. So my ads person, Carrie, we did a fantastic job, I think, of really collaborating with each other and treating it as a two-way launch, right? It wasn't just me launching my product. It was my ads person helping me launch and my assistant helping me launch. We were all really working together to create a cohesive vision. And I think that that was one of the reasons our launch went so well, even when stuff was getting pretty crazy. And then... We did hire some one-off stuff. So like I did hire a copywriter for our emails and for our sales page. I threw down, you know, a fair chunk of change to make sure that everything read well and looked good. But again, this was our third launch of this product and our last launch did $60,000. So we knew 
even if we did the same amount of sales, you know, we should really be bringing in a copywriter to take it to the next level. Then we hired a one-off automation specialist to kind of put stuff in my CRM, which is like ConvertKit, Infusionsoft, Entreport. We use Entreport as of right now. We hired somebody to kind of schedule out emails so that that task wasn't on myself or my team. We hired somebody to mobile optimize the sales page. So my core team was really myself, my VA and my ads person. But then we also hired some people ad hoc for really well-defined tasks that needed to be done. Now, this is the first time that we've done it that way. And this is something I've fallen in love with. So the next time we launch, we will actually make a list of internal tasks, stuff that I want recurring members of my team to be working on and one-off tasks, stuff where, for example, it was way easier to just pay 75 bucks to have somebody turn some transcriptions into emails than it was to ask my assistant to send my stuff over to Rev and then get it back and then turn it into nice emails. I could just hire somebody one-off to make those emails nice. So we hired those people. It worked really well. So we had three core people working on the launch, myself, my ads person, and my assistant, and then a few people that we worked with ad hoc to get some additional stuff done. As we get to this point in the first part of this, I'm willing to bet that you're kind of like itching to know some of the numbers. And I want to go a little deeper on some of the numbers with you because people always want to talk numbers. And first things first, we created this really intensive calculator that was specific to our launch. And every day my ads person would go in And I would go in, my ads person would update all of our advertising information, what our spend was, what was converting, what wasn't. I would update our sales information. And every single day, this thing would spit out all of our important data. It would spit out how much we were spending per lead total, how much we were spending per lead in our warm audiences, how much of our budget we'd spent, what part of our budget was remaining, what our running conversion rate was. This made our life so easy, and the problem with trying to give it to somebody else is we built it specifically for our launch, and this is something that I would kind of recommend that you either talk to a systems person about hiring them to help you with this, or even talk to your ads person, because a lot of ads people create spreadsheets. Now, if you are doing your own ads, you may want to create your own spreadsheet, but we had all of this data that was always available to us kind of in the blink of an eye at the moment that we needed it. And that created a really dynamic environment. So let's talk about what these numbers look like. So I told you we sold about 115 units during our launch. That includes our pre-sale. But some of the other numbers that you might want to know is our total expenses. So I told you our total expenses for the launch was about 31 So we spent $31,400 and some change, and that was our ad costs, that was our management fees, contractors, affiliate payments, because one of the things we also did during this launch was we let a handful of past students promote the product. That worked really, really, really well for us. We ended up getting a good chunk of affiliate sales, and we were so happy. My goal was to have my affiliates projected to be paid over $10,000, and they were. So we were very happy about that. So our total profit on the launch, this is what everybody wants to know. Our profit from expenses to projected sales was $91,306.09 if you include the pre-sale. So that basically means if everybody pays in full and finishes out their payment plans, we will profit about $91,000. Now, that's the number that can be a little scary to share because it's not quite as glamorous as the 
131,000, but that's the real number to be looking at. The other things that are really important to be aware of is something that's called EPL. Now, this is something, again, that I learned from James Wedmore. So seriously, get your booty signed up for that free class, free workshop he's doing. But EPL is this really awesome number that tells you how much each person who signs up for your promotion adds to your bottom line. So for example, I sell a $1,000 product. Let's say a 1,000 people sign up for my launch and 10 people buy. We have a $10,000 in sales on 1,000 people. So we say $10,000 per 1,000 people. You take that down to how much is one person worth? In that case, it's $10. So what that means is you can spend up to $10 getting someone into your launch because you know you're making $10 on average back. Now, that number is what we call earnings per lead. It's how much you earn per lead in your promotion. So our earnings per lead goal was $35. That was the number we wanted to hit. That was like, if everything goes great, we'll be at $35. We wanted to be between 30 and 35. We came in at $32.25. So remember I told you a little bit earlier how this wasn't a successful launch in terms of the top number, right? How much we made as a result of the launch. We didn't hit that quarter million. But because our EPL was so close to what we wanted it to be, all we would have to do to make that money again is duplicate the promotion with more leads inside. That's it. And that's what makes that number so powerful. We also estimated our cash in hand EPL, which means how much money we actually made directly right now as a result, which was about 12 bucks, $12.01. So during the launch, every person that signed up, we made $12 back on them cash in hand. Now, that's good to know because our Facebook ad cost was about $6.89 per lead. So it cost us about $6.89 per person that we brought into the promotion. But every person we brought into the promotion generated about $32.25 in revenue. So now you can see that's a pretty cool thing to look at. We essentially 4 to 5x our ad spend which you may be wondering, what was our total ad spend? We spent about $23,424.91 on ads. I say about, but then I gave you the exact number. So again, what we did is we looked at how many leads did we bring in as a direct result of Facebook ads. We brought in just shy of 3,400, 3,398 leads from ads at about $6.89 a piece. Now, I love throwing these numbers out there, but I feel like I just threw a ton of numbers at you. So let's step back and talk about what are all these numbers mean and why am I even sharing them with you behind the scenes of this launch? Well, number one, remember I told you that we kind of fell short on our launch goal as a total result. Well, what happened was when we started running our ads, we noticed that our costs were much higher than they've normally been. Well, lo and behold, I had decided to launch during the election with out even realizing it. I put all these dates on my calendar and then you have so much planned and so many contractors and so many dates and timelines that we couldn't change where the launch was. And so the way that Facebook ads work is all of these political action committees for both parties were running ads that we were competing against and they had deeper pockets. So essentially when you have major events that have advertising around them, like elections, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We've even struggled with some of our ads over Cyber Monday, Black Friday weekend because you're competing against everybody else and you have to pay more to be in front of people. 
right? It's the supply demand. There's more people wanting to run ads with the same amount of ad space. So the cost goes up. So what happened was we ended up paying about two times what we projected we would pay per lead. Well, there you go. We paid 200% more than we should have, and we came up 50% short on our goal. So by having all these numbers, knowing the EPL and the CPL, our earnings per lead and our cost per lead, we're able to remove ourselves from the emotional factor of no one's buying because of this, or the election ruined everything, or this was our big problem. And we're able to say, listen, the bottleneck in our launch, why we didn't make the money we wanted to make is because we spent more per lead than we thought we would have to. And that gives us a really clear path on what to do next. Either don't launch during an election. We certainly won't do that again. Get people involved more with your brand. Spend more money before the launch starts in order to get more people warmed up and lower your lead cost during the promotion. Or just spend more money next time, right? The other thing we could have done is we could have just spent forty dollars or $50,000 in ads and then we would have hit our quarter million goal, right? Because the reality is now we know every... we spend on generating a lead equates to about $32 in revenue. So again, when you're looking at your launches, pull them apart. You really want to start looking at what worked, what didn't, why did it work? Why didn't it work? And so I wish that I could just like throw this out there, but I don't think that, (laughs) I don't think it could be appreciated quite the same way. But we just have this long string of data that I look at from who paid what to how much did they pay to what was our cash in hand? What was our upsell percentage, our downsell percentage? If we do a downsell, how did the webinars convert? We try to keep track of as much data as we can. And what ends up happening there is we get some really good data. So I want to end on a, on a lighter note because I just threw a ton of numbers at you. And for my peeps who are like, Zach, I'm not a numbers person. I'm a creative. I know how much I just through at you. So next week on the show, I want to talk about what didn't work well and where we had to pivot during the launch and some of the major mistakes we made that we absolutely will not make again. But I want to talk to you about what worked really well, because I feel like I've shared some of the more transparent side of things, the expenses, the ads. I want to talk to you about what worked well. And then I want to give you some guidance about what do you do from here? If this is your first launch ever, or your second launch, or your third launch, like what information do you pull out based on where you're at. So what worked really well for us was having a webinar on the back end of a challenge made for amazing conversion rates that we were probably going to test with our other offers. Now, the reason that it worked so well is we had a webinar that was converting from our last launch and we had a five-day challenge system that was converting really well. So we weren't just throwing all this stuff out there. So this didn't work well because it was two launch mechanisms, right? So doing a video series and a webinar or a challenge and a video series, those are not, it's not that we did two things that worked well. It's that we did two very complementary launch mechanisms that worked super well, and they were both tested within our audience. So that worked exceptionally well for us. What we found with the five-day challenge was that people were really getting used to knowing who I was, and then because they trusted me if they got on the webinar, they were way more likely to buy because they'd had a live experience with me that would mimic what would happen if they bought the course. And then they were getting a webinar, which kind of mimics what it's like to learn from me in that atmosphere. So one of the biggest fears that we know people have, it's just a fact, it's one of the biggest fears in the human psyche is the fear of the unknown. We remove that fear for them so that they were able to know everything to expect. 
Another thing that worked exceptionally well for us was bringing on a copywriter. Now, truthfully, this is the first time that we've really brought in a paid copywriter. I've had friends or acquaintances that have been copywriters and I've had them look at stuff. I might send stuff over to a friend to get their eyes on it. But this was the first time we shelled out cash to actually have someone review our content. That was a total game changer. We got loads of compliments. I don't feel like there was any emails we sent during the launch that somebody didn't respond to in some way. We were just, people were just so engaged. People loved our subject lines. That is one of my weak spots is writing really appealing subject lines. So having a copywriter go through and do all of our subject lines for the launch, we ended up with really great open rates. We also had them redo the entire sales page. And what was so funny is one of my biggest fears about hiring a copywriter to do the sales page was, what if they can't capture my voice? And what I found was, a copywriter who's really good at what they do, they were able to take the voice that was on that page and amplify it by 10. I mean, that sales page, it felt like my baby before I gave it to the copywriter, but when it came back, it felt like it was meant to be for me. If you're even considering a copywriter, just some quick tips. It's not the cheapest investment. You can learn copy so many different ways. But the biggest thing to think about is, where is the high impact stuff in your launch? For us, it was our emails and our sales page. So that's what we prioritized having a copywriter look at. So think about if you're going to do a launch or something, can you hire a copywriter for an hour to look at the most important stuff? Subject lines, Facebook ad headings, you know, things like that. Another thing that we played around with during this launch was we decided to do an upsell for the program that was a live class. And this is something that we normally don't do. Normally, whatever we're upselling in our program or with our offer during our launch, we simply, it's already available. So the moment you check out, they buy. Well, we couldn't get anything together in time, basically. We kind of had so much in the course and the launch kind of snuck up on me a little bit in terms of content creation. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't have time to make something new. So we did a $97 upsell that we used as a fast acting bonus for free on the webinars, but then we sold it for 97 bucks if people weren't buying from the webinar because we were giving them a live reward for buying in real time versus no reward for not following deadlines, right? We always want to incentivize deadlines. Well, I was shocked because at a $97 upsell, over 20% of people took us up on that. Now, the kind of like number you shoot for is 15 to 20%. So when we found out that 15 to 20% plus of people were doing that, um, we realized that there's some real value behind doing a live class. So we're going to play around with live classes as upsells or maybe as bonuses inside of future courses, but we now know that my audience doesn't mind if it's live based on those conversions. So that was a massive insight for us. One last thing that I wanted to throw out here is that I let a lot of stuff go and having somebody who was managing the ads and managing the customer service during the launch made my launch experience so low stress. Now, for the most part, I did not have a lot of stress during this launch. There was one thing that kind of stressed me out, and we'll talk about that next week. But in terms of the logistics, the running of the launch, my team management, my statistics, my spend, none of that was really stressful. It just felt like everything was going really well. You know, there was some stuff outside of our control, the election, you know, some of the dates on our calendar, a couple of tech glitches, but the stress was not there. And the reason that I believe the stress wasn't there is that the stuff that usually takes up all your headspace during a launch, 
checking the Facebook ads, checking your emails, checking your stats, check, 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 talk, 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 check, 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 talk, talk, talk. You have to be on for like 12 to 16 hours a day when you're launching. And it's crazy because you don't have to be. So I found that during this launch, I really only had to be on for a very brief period of time. During my five-day challenge, I did live streams, so I had to kind of be on for about 30 minutes a day. During my webinars, I had to be on for about two hours, but the rest of it, I didn't have to be on. I didn't have to show up. I didn't feel like I had to be pouring myself into this launch. My team was filling in those gaps for me so that, for example, on Sunday, I was like, you know, I am just tired. I need somebody else to please manage my email today. I am just exhausted. And luckily, one of my team was available to step in and manage email for the day. Like that is the benefit of really bringing people in. So, you know, we talk a lot about outsourcing and delegating and all that stuff. Here's what it really came down to. Having me know at a very high level, we talked about this at the beginning, and this is where the whole thing starts to kind of come full circle, is I had a very clear map of what I wanted, right? In New York, I literally drew a map of how I wanted this launch to look. Now, instead of trying to both be the navigator of the map and the adventurer who walks the trail, I only had to do one thing, right? I didn't have to be Lewis and Clark. I got to be just one. And so I would encourage you that if you take away one thing from this, aside from planning, which is something I put up so much resistance to, aside from having a really solid plan, there's one thing you take from this is that launching doesn't have to feel like a total meltdown. I still got launch brain. We call it launch brain where like, you know, you use up a lot of headspace during that launch and you have to think a lot and you have to pivot. But I wasn't stressed or exhausted when that launch was over. I was still able to go to a weekend retreat right after that launch ended. It hasn't been weighing heavy on me. I don't feel like everything has just been one thing after another. Usually when you finish a launch, that's how it feels like I just finished this launch and now there's this and now there's this and now there's this. I wrapped up that launch. I literally just took um, recording this on Cyber Monday. I took Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. That is what we really got out of this launch. So I hope that you guys got some real value here. I kind of talked about the glamorous side of launching, and I want to be really fair about that. We kind of talked about the glamorous side of it with a dash of some realism here, where I shared with you the expenses and I shared with you it worked. But next week, I'm going to dive deeper into what didn't work. And we really have these core things that just did not work that I think you can learn from my failures. So I will be back next week with an episode on failed launches. But before I wrap this up, I want you to know that we're going to have a recap and some show notes over at heartsoulhustle.com forward slash four one. So that's the number 41 heartsoulhustle.com forward slash 41. We'll have some show notes. I know I threw a ton of numbers at you, a ton of content. The cool thing is you can listen on repeat as much as you want, but if any of this appealed to you and really specifically one or two things, Going into a launch and not feeling like everything is going to fall apart or you're stressed or you're exhausted or if you don't know if it's going to work, or if the thought of doing a launch that doesn't leave you feeling empty, it leaves you feeling full, if either that number side or that creative life by design side really called to you, one more time, I'm going to highly recommend that you get your butt over to this free workshop that James is doing. Heartsoulhustle.com forward slash BBD will have a link on the show notes, but James is the one who has really helped me get clear on these plans and these executing and having amazing people around me to support the growth of this business. So with all of that being said, I hope you got a ton 
out of this episode. We went real deep on some awesome stuff. The stats, the system, the systematization, the executing, the planning. There's just a ton of good content. This might be one of those ones where, sorry, not sorry, but you do have to listen twice to get everything. We will be back next week talking about the failures and moving away from the numbers a little bit. So I threw all the fun numbers out at you, but if you are somebody who likes the the feel and the vibe and the flow, you're absolutely going to want to be here next week when we talk about launch missteps, why they happen, how they happen, how we fix them, and how you can learn from those same mistakes. Until next week, keep hustling. Thanks for listening to the Heart, Soul, and Hustle podcast. For more great stuff, be sure to visit heartsoulhustle.com. 